Good evening or good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday, January 25th, or 2024 Vail Recreation District Board Meeting. Um, Molly will not be joining us tonight, she's called in. Mike Ortiz is at a PGA merchandising uh, convention. He is zooming in on us. Um, our assistant executive director, Scott O'Connell, is joining us this evening. And the first item on the agenda is, are there any changes to the agenda? We have no schedule changes for the agenda. Thank you, Scott. Um, we're looking uh, for an approval. I can't believe it's been two months since we've met, but looking for changes and or an approval to the November 16th, 2023 minute, minutes of that meeting. If uh, there are no changes, um, Mr. Chairman, I move that we approve uh, the minutes from our regularly scheduled meeting on November 16, 2023. Second. Moved by John, second by Kirk. All those in favor? Aye. 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 The next agenda item is public input. Um, I would like to start out by clearing something up. I understand that. Um, there are a number of people here to speak about pickleball. I understand that this was put out in the pickleball community as there would be a discussion of pickleball this evening. There is no discussion on this evening's agenda, therefore I cannot allow a discussion item per se. Having said that, the next item is public input. This is your opportunity to speak on something on not on tonight's agenda. We have a three minute time limit. Uh, please come up and introduce yourself and let me know where you live and uh, three minutes, please. Don't everybody jump at once. Over there, no, take the, take the podium. We don't have this one wired up. Hi, I'm Carol Johnson and I live in Westvale on Upper Traverse Way. And thanks for this opportunity. I, d I did not think it was gonna be a discussion. I was told I'd have three minutes. Um, and thank you for serving on Bail Rec. So uh, I'll just jump right in. Yeah, I'm here to talk about pickleball. I'm an avid pickleball player. And I've closely watched, watched the pickleball community explode over the past three years in Vail. And as America's fastest growing sport, it's getting people off of their sofas and contributing to people feeling less lonely. So when we talk about mental health issues and Vail and other ski areas being in a suicide belt, I think that's something very important to keep in mind, is that pickleball is getting people active again. It's a really easy sport to learn. Um, and it's, uh, it's easy to make fun of the name, especially if you don't play it, it's a funny name. And if you don't play, play it yet, it's easy to misunderstand what it's all about. The bottom line, though, is it's not a trend. It's here to stay. And it's just going to grow and grow and grow and grow. Um, so I know Kirk plays. I don't, I'm not sure I recognize any of you from the pickleball uh, community, but I've seen a couple of you around town. Um, all demographics play. I think there's a myth about it that it's senior citizens only. It's not. I have a friend who's 25 who I play with all the time. Um, Gen Z is really getting into it. And I think that's important to understand when you talk, look at the growth and the future and planning for the future. Um, 
and I think it would be important to add this to, to your agenda for future planning. Let's see. Um, what would it look like to, to have a year-round um, facility? We have a year-round demand, but we don't have a year-round facility. We have the gym, which we're so grateful for, um, five days a week, limited hours, and we're thrilled that we have that. And I think that's a stepping stone. And I think the next step would be to start talking about a, a, a permanent indoor year-round facility, if it's, all, if it's at all possible. Um, the outdoor summer situation is actually really good. The six courts in Vail get used plenty. And luckily, some other communities down Valley have added courts. So you can always find a place. If you got to get in your car and drive down to Avon and play there, that's, that's what a lot of players have been doing when they can't get onto the courts in Vail. Um, so let's see. We've got stiff competition for that red sandstone gym. I don't know if you guys have heard that sitting on the board. We've had to redo our sessions from two sessions to three sessions on the weekday nights. And that's to accommodate the demand. Um, so again, I think a year-round pickleball facility would be a game changer, and it would keep Vail ahead of the growing demand. Oh, am I done? You're going to cut me off? Finish it up, please, Carol. Okay. Um, I think you should consider conducting a survey or a focus group and looking at some of the data that you have, season pass holders um, versus maybe some other sports. And then the last thing I just want to say is Steamboat is an incredible um, model to look at. Their, their tennis and pickleball community uh, work really well together. They have their own facility. And tennis and pickleball don't have to be adversaries. They, we have more in common than we have um, differences. And I think there's opportunities there for you guys to explore. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for your comment. Hi, I'm Kathy Kimmel. I live in Westvale also. And I've been playing pickleball here in this valley for over 10 years. I played when Gold Peak was, the roots were coming up the court and people were still showing up to play because they didn't care. They just wanted to be able to play. I represent a committee of seven individuals working to bring an indoor facility to our community. We're receiving mixed messages. We're told to come to the VRD meetings to show our concern. Our, we want to be able to express ourselves. We're also told there's no chance of having indoor pickleball here. We're not, we don't really agree with that. We think there are opportunities, and we'd be happy to explore that and figure out a way to make it happen. If Vail doesn't move forward with indoor pickleball, it will surely happen somewhere else in this valley. Um, but we think Vail would just miss an incredible opportunity. We'd like to know if you support our efforts, and if for some reason you don't, we'll need to put our energy somewhere else. But we really hope that you'll consider it. Thank you, Kathy, for your input. Hello, Billy Suarez past rec board member for eight years. I, everything my compatriots said was right on. Where are you living these days? Eastvale. All right, I still. Never leave. Still. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Yeah, I forgot still, the just, routine. Just okay. you're, you're so, running. So to add to what they've said, we know that we're all about recreation here. 
we know that the, um, the trend is growing and growing and growing. Whether we have a viable place to put an indoor facility, we don't know. But what we would like today is that if we can come back to you some other time, if we come up with a viable, probable place to put it, that we could get on the agenda. That's one thing. If we can come to you ahead of time, go to Michael, and come up with a plan once we have a plan. Okay, that's the first thing. Um, and um, I know that we looked, Kurt sent a really good uh, email out to everybody, had the wrong time on it, but that, besides that, um, he did a nice timeline of all the effort that has been put in by the rec district since I was on it, before we built the courts. So we have been, note that you guys have been looking at things, we just haven't found a viable place that seems to work yet. But we're not giving up. And I think what my partner Kathy said, was that if we can come up with something, would we have your support? And I tried to commit, yes, we would. There's no negative feeling amongst the board against pickleball. It's just that we haven't been able to find a viable place. We are looking down Valley, at, at, at doing something privately like they did Steamboat. Are anybody aware of what Steamboat did? No. Okay, Steamboat did on their own, two people started it seven years ago. They got, they got a commitment from the town of Steamboat for $1 a year for 20 years, a piece of property. Then they got the financing. Didn't check, no bond issue was issued. No, uh, no, no town money was ever used. It was all privately funded. And it was given back to those people. And they run it now as a public facility at a very reasonable price. We're trying to use that as our blueprint. That's, that's number one. Number two. Uh, Carol brought up the fact that we have the indoor facility at the gym. One thing that I know, it's, we could use more, but that's the only place that's viable right now. It doesn't look like we're gonna get the Cascade building back. They're, they're not gonna give it up. But what, we'd, what we would like, or, or one third of us would like, is another night of maybe open play instead of it just being all reservations. And I, I, this is not one that everybody agrees on, but it's my side that people can't get on. Anyway, that's what we'd like. If we can come up with something, we'd like to propose it to you and get, actually get something on the agenda for a meeting in the future. Okay, thanks for your time, guys. Billy, thank you very much. Bill. Yeah, thank you. I'm never tired of you, Doc. <laughs> My name is John Gottlieb. I live uh, Booth Falls Road, and uh, I play pickleball. <laughs> and um, a, a couple things that I think are really important is, if Vale doesn't do it, Down Valley's going to do it. Now, there, it probably would go in easier Down Valley with more land, but it would be a tremendous positive draw for Vale, summer and winter. When people look to take a vacation, they look to see whether they can play pickleball there or not. And if they can't, they don't go. Anyway, so, so, so that's why Vale should really look at it hard. Uh, another thing um, I wanted to mention to you is, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, the uh, TV series Blue Zones. It's where people live to 100 or, or, or greater. And uh, <clears throat> they, they did it in Okinawa, they did it in a village in Italy where people are walking up and down the hill all the time. And, and, then, it, and then there is a place like this, Loma Linda in California, this upscale 
resort and they couldn't figure out why? What's the deal with long? Well, guess what? <laughs> they have a strong pickleball community. So it's the community and the exercise. So, so it's, it's, I mean, I feel like it's something you guys should jump on. Anyway, thanks for your time. Thank you, John. Thank you. Come on, got to have something to say. It's your opportunity. The gentleman with the blue hat on. You're not here to observe. This is your opportunity. My name is Jerry Stevens, and I live in Westvale. And um, I was the um, pickleball director for the first eight years. And I certainly support what, these, what the pickleball community is asking for. I hope you will consider uh, looking for a spot for an indoor facility. There's a little confusion. I think somebody from the town said that in the, in the uh, Ford Park Master Plan Committee that, that the impression they got from VRD that the demand was not there um, for an indoor facility. So if that's the case, maybe at the next uh, subcommittee meeting you could, you know, correct that and say that, you know, if, if you do believe that, that the demand is still there. I, the, uh, the demand may have uh, softened up a little bit when Beaver Creek built and, and, and um, uh, Avon redid their courts, but it, it continues to be the fastest growing sport in the country. And, and uh, uh, I know Mike sent a letter to me one of the years where uh, somebody who's staying in Beaver Creek had uh, sent a letter that said, I discovered uh, pickleball at Golden Peak and I'm staying in Vail next year because I was there every day. So it, it, is, it is true, it's a, it's a great asset for the community, but it, it really uh, adds to the recreational resort uh, draw that, that Vail has. So yeah, I would encourage the board to, to really look hard at some, some options. Um, there's a spot just east of the uh, volleyball courts uh, by the rugby field that uh, you could put 10 courts. We Google map the Golden Peak facility and place that over that. And a lot of those uh, neighbor and people in that neighborhood play and have indicated they didn't think there'd be an objection to uh, putting an indoor facility there. And I know uh, Donovan is a neighborhood park and there's gonna be some resistance, but that's a great spot too with, with bathrooms and uh, picnic facilities and an amph you know, a, a pavilion for special events. Uh, you could probably put 15 courts there. But uh, if, if you start planning now, by the time I mean, this is going to keep growing. It's got such a broad appeal for all ages, all skill levels, families. If you start planning now, maybe by the time it's, it's you know, you get it done, uh, you won't be behind the... When, when Golden Peak was built, it was the premier facility on the Western Slope. And now, uh, as these guys said, Steamboat's got a great facility. Carbondale's built new courts. You know, they built courts up at Beaver Creek. Um, people are really, you know, building courts all over the western slope now we're we're still a nice facility but it'd be nice to stay in the forefront so yeah thanks for considering it and, and in spite of the silly sounding name it is a great sport and we hope you guys uh, come out and give it a try so come to red sandstone some night thanks on an aside jerry um, thank you jerry 
I'd like to thank you for what you did for the sport of pickleball in this town. Well, thank you very much for your years of service. My regards to Nancy. Oh, thanks. Have yeah, a good it was, evening. It was a great eight years. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> I see we have some more people that have joined us. We're in uh, citizens' input time. Um, if you'd like to speak to something that is not on tonight's agenda, um, this is the time. Um, in case you got a memo saying that pickleball was a discussion item this evening, it is not on the agenda, but this is your opportunity to speak for three minutes, um, if you so care. I have no prepared remarks, but I'm... I came to Gold Peak years ago to play. Can we get your name and name where you're living? Please. Bill Welsh, uh, yeah. living Singletree in Edwards, and wanted to play a little tennis with my wife. And all we could see were pickleball players, and we've been very much advocates and and enjoying the sport ever since. And I would just say that to put um, the back up of what Jerry was saying. Uh, it's, it's the fastest growing sport in the world. There's no question, and it's just exploding all over. And I think particularly for the more mature um, population in Vail Valley, it's uh, not only a great activity, but it's for physical fitness, but it's a great activity for social. Inter I mean, we've met so many wonderful people. So I just uh, can't say enough, and I know uh, in, um, Avon, they, they went around and around. We had town meetings and town meetings, and finally we got a very nice facility built there. And uh, certainly the, the need for more outdoor courts, indoor facilities uh, is very, very much uh, needed and appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Yes, yeah. Um, I see you just joined us. Um, some people say that the agenda item was at 5.30. The discussion of pickleball this evening is not an agenda item. It's not noticed as that, but that doesn't mean that under citizens' input, we will not take comments as it relates to pickleball. If you'd like to, three minutes, the podium is yours. I was here to listen. Very good. You'll have to catch most of it on the Channel 5, our, uh, our replay network. Is there any more citizens' participation or citizens' input? That's almost there now. If they're not here by 5.30, they're almost late. Um, I would just add a couple things. It's, it's, um, so I, I play about four times a week. I usually go to Gypsum because they have indoor courts. Um, it's become a passion with me. When Julie and I travel Mexico, California, one of the first things we ask for is do they have pickleball courts? Um, so it's, it's a very social and uh, athletic uh, sport. And uh, Julie and I, you know, we just love it. Um, I would, I would encourage you, I, I sent my memo out to four people and I think it kind of got around. I would encourage you to get the town of Vail involved. Um, their budget is over 10 times what VRD's budget is and they're really owners of the land in Vail. 
there aren't many people at the town that, that play pickleball, and not many people on council play pickleball. And I would encourage all of us, including me, to get them involved in pickleball uh, so they can kind of, you know, get the sauce, as they as, as say. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great sport, unusual name, and, um, you know, thanks for coming tonight and reinforcing, you know, what, what I know and, and what you know. That it's, uh, it's athletic, it's healthy, uh, it's social. Um, when people come to Vail, I'm sure they say, well, do they have pickleball? You know, besides, n not everybody skis every day, right, uh, when they bring their families. And so uh, we're going to keep trying. We're going to keep working on it. Thanks. You're welcome. Thank you, Kirk. Um, thank you all for your input this evening. We'll close public input and move to the uh, next item on the agenda, new business and special orders, the 2024 meeting dates. Mr. Weaver. We generally meet the fourth Thursday of every month, but because of Thanksgiving and Christmas, we move those two meetings yeah. uh, up two weeks. So we meet the second uh, Thursday of November and December. Yeah. Happy to consider if anybody would like to make any changes, but we planned on staying status quo in 2024 as we have for the past several years. All right, we need a motion to accept these proposed meeting schedule dates. So yes, we, the mo motions for the, the meeting dates as well as the posting locations, is that correct as well? I was gonna do it singularly, but- uh, Are they are yeah, two separate things? Separately. Um, Mr. Chairman, I move that we approve the proposed meeting dates as set forth in our packet for 2024. I will second that. Any discussion? I will forewarn you, Jason, since you are the secretary and you will be running the meeting, I will not be here April 25th. So get yourself ready, my friend. Yes, sir. <laughs> All those in favor? Aye. Aye. I also am in favor. Next item is the uh, notice of uh, publications where we publish the meeting locations. So state uh, statutes changed a few years ago that used to be you had to post in three locations and people had to go find those locations know about meetings. Now officially you have to post it on your website. Mm -hmm. So that is what we do. April also posts courtesy paper notices at here at municipal building, VRD offices, and Dobson, correct? and the Vail Clubhouse as well. So those are courtesy. Uh, the actual agendas are then posted on the website as well so that people can see specifically what is going to be discussed at each meeting before that meeting. Questions or a motion? I have a question. We, so we have this document in our packet that's the notice that we're supposed to approve tonight, correct? Correct, yeah. Um, and it says we have um, the, the initial part. It does say the meeting's open to the public, and it says meeting notices will be posted on the website. So that's what's now allowed pursuant to Colorado statute. Re required. Required. Yes. Um, then we have Jason's signature. Um, below that says, I hereby certify that a copy of the <coughs> foregoing notice, blah, 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 posted in three locations within the district's boundaries, list those three locations. Is that language still relevant? Um, to this or does that need to be amended based upon the fact that we're doing the notices on the website? It's probably it's not required to have that part down there, but okay. we like to put it out there to say hey, we are okay. we are going above and beyond and doing that and certifying that we're doing it. I so think okay. it's a good courtesy to our constituents. Yep. Okay. So April will sign that when she physically posts in those locations. All right. Um, 
If there's nothing else from anybody, Mr. Chairman, I move that we approve um, the notice of regular meetings for the Vail Park and Recreation District um, and the posting notices as set forth um, in that document in our packet. I'll second. Discussion? Those in favor? Aye. 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 Um, from my older days, younger days actually, um, I remember we used to have to have a resolution designating the, the official custodian of records. Do we still do that or? It's not an annual um, item. We do have an official public uh, custodian and we have a public records request policy that's available on the website. Okay. It's not something that we have to do every okay. year Okay, very good. Next item on the agenda is posting, oh, the audit engagement letter. Mr. Weaver. So in all the fun of uh, getting the budget through in November, uh, I neglected to request the audit engagement letter from the auditors. Um, so we did include that it's with McMahon and Associates. Um, they've been doing the audit for a number of years, do a great job. They've had uh, a new partner involved. It was kind of, it was nice to see a new face, uh, you know, dive in and, and approach things a little different, a little bit like having a new audit firm in there, uh, but certainly had the history of it. And he did a fantastic job uh, last year and the year before when he got involved in it. Uh, my recommendation would be to use them, but certainly um, they are auditing April and I's work, so it's up to the board to choose. Uh, they're proposing a $700 fee increase, which is right around 5%. Given today's economy, that's pretty standard, uh, and I felt was pretty reasonable. So, And I did see the price for 2023 was 14800 uh, it will be 14800 We paid 14100 last year. Okay, will be. Um, we're needing a motion, but I also see that our executive director signed this document uh, December 4th of 2023. Um, it's a signed done deal, but you need a motion to... We, we kind of made the assumption it would do. It's technically the board's decision. So we went ahead and gave it to McMahon so that we could get going on things. They haven't really done any work. So if the board wanted to undo that, we certainly could. Uh, but we didn't figure that we'd have that objection. Went ahead and sent it to them. So no, I didn't figure it was just a technicality. Mainly to so. get on their schedule. We didn't want to lose no. our spot. Looking for a motion. Mr. Chairman, uh, I move that we approve the audit engagement letter, letter <laughs> retaining McMahon and Associates LLC um, to audit our financial statements. Heck, I want to second something. I want to second it. <laughs> Discussion? All those in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you, Eric. Um, next time on the agenda is the VRD Mountain Ideal Destination Recertification. Andrea Sanchez. So Can I'm actually going to take that, Bob. I'm sorry. I'm actually going to take that one. Oh, she's here, though. <laughs> I understand that. I'm going to take it. Um, and she's going to talk about the zero waste program. We need we need to hear you a little bit more. Hi, Mike. That better? Kind of. I don't know if it's on your end. It might be on our ends. Bring it. It's got to be on your end because I've got the volume turned way up. All right. Um, so that uh, I'm going to have Andrea uh, Sanchez talk about the zero waste program. 
but the mountain ideal standard is about a lot of things um, it's about sustainability with the whole resort not just environmental um, so we talked about a lot of things that I think make us unique um, that set Vail apart the first thing that we talked about was the drought management plan we have with Eagle River Water and Sanitation District um, that's unusual especially for the valley I don't know of another golf course that has a drought management plan uh, where they will you know cut off voluntarily cut off their use of water when we're in a dry uh, drought crisis or uh, a needing for a management plan so that's all listed in there I think that made us makes us very unique uh, the sustainable destination resort committee was very impressed with that uh, I'm not going to go through all of it. You can see it and read it there, and it'll be on the website as well. But I wanted to point that out. Uh, another big thing that they were impressed with was our uh, Audubon International Cooperative Sanctuary, which we are. Um, if you know, if you played golf or been around at, in, during the Nordic, we have several signs that talk about wildlife and plant vegetation on the golf course. Uh, we also have to use, uh, there are different standards in there, and this is also on the, in the uh, packet that you have, so it'll be therefore put in the, uh, put on the website. But there's all kinds of things in there for water for wildlife, water conservation activities, chemical use reduction and safety. So there's lots of things in there. Uh, please take a look at that. Um, Let's see, we also talked, uh, one of the things that I think we got a lot of traction on was our hybrid program about how we're using uh, people that already live here hybrid. to fulfill different jobs. We brought them on full time. Uh, I think uh, a couple examples are Parker Rodine, who used to work for us seasonally during the summer. Um, now he works for us in the summer and in Nordic. Uh, Georgetta Stevens does three things. She works for us in tennis in the summertime and during the winter she works at Nordic and then our after school program. So just using people and using local people, they were very impressed that a, a large part of our outside staff is housed by local um, kids that, that are either in college or high school and um, how we do that and use our local residents to fulfill our jobs and do the various things that we have going on. And then um, I'm gonna let Andrea take the zero waste program. I think we got a lot of traction on that. And I, I don't know if all you, you know about that, so I'm gonna let her talk about it because it's very impressive work. Scott started this with her and asked her to do it. And since he did that, she's taken on the whole program by herself and she's done a great job. So I wanted to um, say thank you to her for doing that and then let her talk about that program. If Mike, if I could get back to you for just a moment. Are you there? Sure. You uh, bet. Page one that talks about the Eagle River Water District uh, drought management plan for the Vail Golf Course. There are mm -hmm. one, two, three groups. Two of the three groups, group one and group two, group one responds to trigger one dash red sandstone. I don't understand why that says Ren Sandstone and not the Vail Golf Course. Right there. It's the drainage. It's the, from. might be the That's water monitoring station. 
I don't know. That's that, John, you've got it correct. It's the monitoring station. Okay, so they're monitoring the, the stream Gore flow Creek. at Red Sandstone. Yeah, they're correct. Creek. Thank you. Um, page. I had another question on that as well. Go ahead. So, group three, ham water only. Is that ham watering the whole course by hand? Having worked no, at the that is greens only. Okay. Greens, yeah. Yeah, having worked at the golf course for many years, we've gone to that uh, that trigger, and we could uh, only hand water things. Um, I did have another question, page three of six on the top. I'm confused a bit, but that's easily done. Actual mowing height estimated, minimum of 12 inches. That's some pretty deep rough. No, that's the, that would be the native grasses that are. Well, we're not mow we're not creek. mowing that. We're not mowing that stuff. Well, we are. We actually do have to maintain them for uh, Canadian thistle and other things. So, actually, uh, we are okay. starting to work with that. So okay. yes. And I had one other point when that report, that Audubon report. Um, uh, course renovation. Please explain. My time with Jacob was fantastic. I'll leave it at that. That's kudos to Jacob and the crew out there. Yep, they do a great job. Yep. Andrea, would you like to? Um, <clears throat> Andrea Sanchez. I've worked as the assistant bookkeeper for the rec district for about a year now. Um, but I was recently given the opportunity by Scott to help with the implementation of zero waste at uh, the Vale Yeti hockey games hosted by Dobson Ice Arena this year. Um, <clears throat> Mike asked me to speak here a little bit about what zero waste is, why we're implementing it, and where I see it going in the future. Um, zero waste is really um, an aspirational title, but a valid waste management strategy with the objective being that zero waste ends up in the landfill. Um, that's done by first reducing the waste generated by a business or event, and then um, diverting that waste, either by composting or recycling. Um, I see this as important, especially for the Mountain Ideal Standards and sustainability, because uh, when plastic waste gets sent to the landfill, um, it doesn't actually biodegrade. It breaks down into what we call microplastics. And when you add rainwater and snow melt to that, the water soluble molecules will actually leach out into uh, soil, groundwater, streams, essentially polluting our local ecosystem and um, entering the food chain. And then when things like organic waste, food scraps get sent to the landfill, they will biodegrade, but in an anaerobic environment. Um, that produces higher levels of methane, which is a greenhouse gas that's more potent than carbon dioxide um, in terms of retaining heat in the atmosphere. Um, we've been successful so far by garnering interest from volunteers and hiring and training um, zero waste staff members with um, some basic materials literacy, but a lot of our work is actually hand sorting through that waste, making sure that there's no contamination, and then weighing that waste so that we come up with good diversion metrics. 
Um, last season, when we contracted Walking Mountains um, to run the program for us for the Vail Yeti Games, they um, succeeded in achieving a 93% diversion rate, and that's actually the highest diversion rate from any of the programs that they hosted last year. Um, we're on track right now for this season uh, with an 87% diversion rate. Um, and this is really quite impressive because we've generated over 2,000 pounds of waste from the hockey games alone, and only about 300 pounds of that is being sent to the landfill. The rest we're sending to a commercial compost facility or a recycling recommendation uh, rec uh, <laughs> facility. <laughs> um, um, and then I'm proud to announce that the Grill on the Gore has um, decided to take their first steps in starting a compost program for the back of the house and the restaurant this year. Um, and I really see this being a strategy that we can implement across the district for different programming and events. Um, and I think it's important to, uh, as a part of the Mountain Ideal, but also to be a proactive um, organization for meeting Eagle County's um, climate change action goals for diverting waste and reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Um, but I appreciate you taking the time to listen to me and I hope you see the value in continuing the program. I had a question. I had a question. And you, you touched on it a bit, and uh, I'm sure Scott can help. I was um, informed or enlightened when organic waste like food is sent to the landfill at biodegrades in an anaerobic environment produces higher levels of methane. Mm -hmm. Currently, or what do we plan on doing with our F and B waste? Well, uh, like I just stated, um, we just started the steps of um, starting a compost program for the restaurant. Um, and probably as soon as this month, I just made the call to um, uh, coordinate with our waste coordinator today. So, What type of a, it'd be a, a commercial entity that we would, do, we're basically donating um, at and, and I'm not sure if there's a cost associated for them picking up. There may be. That's kind of where the industry is going. We, we used to be able to um, work with some of the entities, and, and I can reference specifically um, Friar Later Oil, right? Um, we, we were able to contract with someone. It didn't cost us any money to get that stuff uh, reclaimed, and they're using that for biofuels. Oh, okay. But now it's, um, that industry is kind of changing, and people are less... Um, less enthusiastic about um, providing the services for free and and I understand, I understand. that um, and so now there there is a it's a very small cost associated to it but the reality is is it's it, it it's more about um, it, it's more about behavior um, and having your kitchen staff embrace this this sort of philosophy um, and then from a maintenance standpoint it's providing storage for that uh, because there isn't a daily pickup um, well you know the, if you want a daily pickup it'll cost you more money um, so trying to figure that out uh, um, it, I, I firmly believe in in philosophically speaking, why we should be doing that, how it fits into what our community goals are. Um, and, I, and I will throw a plug to Andrea, amazing job so far this year. It was so hands off for us to be able to contract with Walking Mountains last year. And when we weren't able to do that, 
Um, we, we wanted to, but unfortunately, Walking Mountains wasn't able to provide the same sort of support that they did last year um, for a variety of different reasons. Uh, and But we were, as an organization, unwilling to abandon the the philosophy of why it was, and, and it would not have happened this year if we weren't able to bring Andrea in and help us with it. We wouldn't be able to continue with that program. So um, there, there will be costs associated to doing it at the, at the restaurant, but when we look at the low-hanging fruit of those things that are out there, um, the volume of waste that the restaurant generates, and it's not just the restaurant, it really involves the banquet side of things as well, um, really is... Um, it, it, it's low-hanging fruit, and, um, and it's worth worthwhile to go ahead and jump into it on the, at the Golf and, Golf and Nordic Clubhouse and, and see what sort of a positive impact we can have as well. How is the trash for food and beverage out there handled right now for, for the catering events and stuff? I mean, do we have dumpsters, and how many times a week or that do they need to, especially during the busy season, come out there and pick up the dumpsters? As currently, it's commingled with trash right now, isn't it? Um, I, I can share with you that um, it, you may, if you're familiar with the Vail Golf and Nordic Clubhouse, as you're approaching the clubhouse yep. from Sunburst Drive, the first thing you'll see is a small um, trash dumpster house. Right. Yep. So it looks similar to what the clubhouse is. Um, and inside there, we currently have two dumpsters. Um, one is specifically for trash. The other one. Um, and, and I'm, I'm happy to explain it as much detail as you want, but most of you know that um, waste management um, processes can't has the ability to process single stream recycling here in the valley. Um, unfortunately for us, single stream doesn't work from a storage component, right? So if you're throwing everything together, um, you, you're less likely to capture it all. So although it is single stream, we have a designated dumpster for cardboard only, which we do require staff to break down so we can maximize it. And we fill that uh, two times a week. Um, trash is also two times a week now. It used to be two in the summer, one in the winter, but because of the volume of events and having a restaurant operation that operates seven days a week now, we, we now have to be moving material out of there at a minimum two days a week, sometimes calling in for a unscheduled pickup because of the volume. And then we also have, um, I believe it's a total of nine 90 gallon toters, the recycling toters that most of you are familiar with in terms of um, you know residential use. And we use those specifically for our commingled, which is the aluminum, glass, and plastics. And when we keep them separate from our cardboard, we have found that we're able to generate a significant amount more of all of the recycling by training our staff to separate them out, um, it allows us to, to have them stored appropriately um, and not just a big pile of stuff that you know, becomes unruly for us. So um, ho hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, no, it did. Thank what you. I have a question. Um, have we looked into like getting rid of plastic completely and maybe just going to aluminum instead because plastic is so harmful? Um, we, we have looked at some of that, and I believe that a lot of our um, uh, a lot of our vendors are looking at that as well. We simply don't have um, not all of your distributors are on board with that. So 
Could we do that? We could make that decision, but we would then be limiting the variety of products that we make available. Um, let, let's take Pepsi products, for instance, right? So um, to go to simply cans, we, we could do that. It creates other challenges, especially in the golf environment. Um, one of the nice things about a plastic bottle is that you can put your cap back on your plastic bottle after, you know, once you've opened it up. Um, that helps prohibit it from spilling inside your golf cart, on your bag, um, keeps the birds from wanting to peck at some of the things as you're out and golfing. Um, so we constantly look at how can we improve our diversion rates and be uh, more environmentally sensitive with our product selection. Um, I think we do a good job with that. There are opportunities. So I think the answer to your question is yes, we have done that. Um, and in fact, we, we've done some of that at the Dobson Ice Arena um, in, in um, a larger volume scenario. Uh, and and I, think that, I think that the industry is probably gonna be driving that more as uh, we as the consumer make decisions to purchase aluminum cans as opposed to plastic bottles that will be more of an um, ho hopefully a, uh, cause them to um, want to provide more products in aluminum as opposed to plastic so um, yes answer your question what, what's the target date for starting the composting program so it would be spring of 2024. So um, I, I know spring. that we v very early on, Chris and Andrea have been working um, with our vendors to, to make sure that we can actually one, store it um, s safely and without creating, you know, without smells too. That, that's yeah. one of our biggest challenges, right? right. Because that building right. is located in what I consider to be our pedestrian plaza. Right. And yeah. in the summertime, temperature, smells, un unsightly stains that go from the building to the, those are all things that we're acutely aware of and okay. trying to balance um, the, what we consider to be a very high level of service. Um, you know, you, you hear, if you listen to me talk to our staff, we make references to, um, to Disney World and, and the efforts that are made to try to keep those things in the back of the house. Um, where here we went and built our trash and recycling building right where everybody congregates. So right. how do you balance those things out there? So is there maybe another spot, um, maybe on the other side of the parking lot or something where a, a, a good looking structure can go in that's bear proof and relatively, you know, I don't know. Are there other locations? I mean, it, it, I know it's a pain in the butt because then you're putting your trash and recycling in one spot and then putting your composting in another but a, a great question things we can absolutely we can look at um, a lot of it really boils down to what is your um, what is your vendor willing to do and so getting them to go and get 90 gallon toters from the back loading dock when they're not in the garage you know we they're very amicable to working with us they might want to these are um, keep, keep in mind that food waste is considerably heavier um, than than empty recycled bottles and so how, how do we do that where do we do that those are things we're going to continue to look at um, and you know we're 
we've made we've made really good steps and we've got great staff looking at these things and um, and a lot of that really is trial and error right there's there aren't there aren't many people that are doing it at the level that we're doing we've been very successful she mentioned that walk walking mountains told us there, there isn't anybody that did it better than the Dobson Ice Arena in 2023. In all of the, the entire floor of the Vale Valley, nobody did it better than we did. Um, so I'm very proud of them for, for those. But we, you know, we do make mistakes along the way and we do, um, um, we look for your guidance and feedback as well. So we'll, we'll certainly look at all of those things as we continue to grow that program. And have we been able to, across the board at the facilities, integrate compostable you know plates and everything has that been integrated has not out? has not has not but that's obviously what we're you're going for um i mean you, you bring up a very interesting point because we do have a food and beverage department right and yeah. so when we look at our our utensils, our plateware, and not just at the restaurant, right in the grab and go at Ford Park and concessions, we absolutely are doing that. It's it's very difficult and we, we will look at it, but in some of the other venues where they don't have food and beverage outlets there and they're on their own to do their things, of course we can provide them guidance. But take for instance, someone that's hosting a party at the gymnastics center and mom brings in her plates and her silverware for the cake and whatnot. So is, is it, um, would it be a good idea to look at those things? Definitely in the future when, when we get better at it and how do we, but when we talk about the low hanging fruit, like how do we have the biggest impact out of the gate with that? Those are the ones we're going after now. But then when you look like a smaller facility that has a minimal amount of trash and doesn't really do food and beverage stuff, except for on occasion, that, that would be, um, you know, for higher up the tree, right? To, to try to pick those ones. Yeah. And one other thing. I'm glad we're on the forefront of this recycling thing because it's something I completely believe in. Um, we have to have people there telling people what needs to go where. I thought of maybe like an idea with some of our after school programs and whatnot, maybe getting the children involved in making signage, you know, whether it be go on the like cool signs like art projects and they can go in there and then when they go to the games, they're like, oh, we're a part of that. And then we're also educating the youth as well what needs to be done and how we're gonna save, you know, try to combat climate change a little bit because it's, it's real. And the more we recycle and the more we're on the forefront, I think it's a great idea, but maybe try to get the kids involved a little bit and have signs out at the golf course, oh, that was part of us. Or, and just have great signage and people, it's more of a, than the generic little signs. I, I just think if we somehow incorporate involving the children, it's a learning process for them. And it's also very colorful and cool for the environment as well. And for- Awesome our, idea. Yeah. It's awesome. So. It's a great idea, Jason. You know, uh, Walking Mountains is involved in the Eagle County uh, Schools curriculum. So every kid gets exposed to uh, Walking Mountains curriculum that they design for the environment and for sustainability. 
Um, great idea, and something we can certainly implement with the after-school program. Yeah, we just work into, and then we involve the children a little bit more, and they get a project, yep. they get some learning in it, and it's. Uh, and I'm just glad we're on the forefront of this, and uh, it's a very good program. Thank you very much for your hard work. Thank you guys. For yeah, I wanted to say, um, you know, I appreciate your concern for uh, what we're talking about now in zero waste. Um, but it's just part of the sustainability. And the real reason that I wanted Andrea to talk is, you know, Andrea is somebody that grew up here, has lived her whole life here, uh, went to school for sustainability, and now is working with us in two roles as a bookkeeper and, and also in sustainability. And um, that's one of the things that the sustainability committee was very impressed with how we use local people and people that grew up here. So uh, although I'm proud of all of these things, I really wanted to highlight Andrea tonight and her work and just say thank you to her because we're lucky to have somebody um, that is passionate about the community she grew up in and passionate about um, environment, environmental sustainability and sustainability as a whole in her community. I would echo the same thing. Thank you very much for your efforts. Um, and back to you, Scott. If it costs us Thank a little you, money yeah. to do the right thing, let's do the right thing and uh, keep Andrea going after it. Thank you very much. Thanks, Scott. Next item on the agenda is the alternative, alternative ice county fairgrounds Dobson Arena renovation. Mike. So we've been working with uh, several groups now. Uh, Rest Forest is involved now as we're going out into the community and trying to find different places for alternative ice. We've spoken with the community of Eagle Vale. There's some interest there. Um, really what we're up against is time and money available. And so, uh, so far our, our best lead has been with Eagle County, but that's not a done deal. And, um, you know, I'm not going to open my big mouth like I did at uh, council meeting uh, last month and say that we have a place to go. We don't currently have a place to go right now, but I feel like we're working in a good direction. I feel like we have buy-in from all the recreation agencies in the county, uh, Avon, Eaglevale, us, and, uh, and Mountain Recreation. I think there's, there's more people involved in that than, uh, than just those organizations. The skate, the hockey club has taken a big role. And so they're looking at how they can help too. We've had some very good meetings with Eagle County and Mountain Rec, but um, we're still waiting on costing and we'll have to see how that goes. At some point, I think um, they'll, they'll be, uh, once we get through all the costing exercises, um, we'll, we'll sit down and make a decision with Eagle County and we'll probably have to present to the commissioners our ideas. And um, so we have that staff to help us. Jesse Mayhew has been great. So has Jeff Schroll. So we wanna say thank you to them and we continue to work on this. Uh, our part of this is getting them prices for mobile ice and also for permanent ice. So I know Jarrett has been working with uh, some vendors on getting prices for that so we can know uh, what's going on there. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Next item on the agenda is uh, the financial report. Eric. So 
We do have preliminary uh, year-end financials, and I stress those are preliminary, uh, kind of still changing on a daily basis as additional invoices come in. We do have some uh, accruals of revenues, also some deferral of revenues that will be uh, moving some things around as we move towards the audit. But in the big picture, uh, pretty darn, pretty darn close. Uh, overall, I guess at year end, I try to compare the second column over, which is the 2023 forecast, where we thought we would finish the year, to the fifth column over of where did we actually finish on a preliminary basis. Uh, Revenue-wise, uh, finished about 250000 favorable from where we thought we would uh, at 11.7 instead of 11.45. Um, interest income was about a third of that. Interest rates continued actually to, to move up, and we had a little bit more cash on hand that was earning that interest. Uh, other highlights there, community programming, uh, after-school programming is just still uh, kind of going off the charts. Fabulous to see, uh, both from, from BRD's side, but also from a community standpoint. Uh, also, Camp Vale finished strong there. Uh, Dobson finished well pretty much on the concession side if you go through and look at it. Uh, the programming finished okay, but the concessions is where we really did well, uh, again, tying back to those Yeti, Yeti games and things of that nature. Uh, on the operating expense side, as you go down, you can sell almost every department finished a little bit favorable, and you start to take all those little favorables, add them together, uh, and you end up at about a $250,000, another $250,000 positive there. Uh, some of that being labor, you know, kind of as I go through, there's thousands of accounts to, to go through and look at what it was. Um, no massive thing just jumps right out. Uh, certainly the food and beverage side was one of the bigger uh, favorable finishes. Part of that was actually credit cards of trying to push people in events not to, you know, we're charging a fee to use a credit card if you're having an event there. And it's amazing to watch how those credit card fees come down when people pay cash because uh, it is expensive to us. We're trying to pass on some of those costs. Uh, when you get down uh, to the next section there, capital finished about 200000 favorable. Almost all of that, the probably two-thirds or three-fourths of that was actually contingency dollars that we had in there. The projects actually that we had came in, projects, equipment purchases, whatever it may be, came in pretty close to what we had forecasted. Uh, but we did have some contingency dollars in the capital side built in. And then we had left uh, 125000 of our contingency just for unforeseen needs still in there uh, and did obviously didn't end up needing that. We never actually code anything to contingency. We put the expense where it goes. So you add all those items up, we finished about $900,000 favorable uh, compared to where we were. Uh, district's going to roll forward somewhere in the magnitude of a little under $11 million forward uh, into that 2024 budget. Certainly this will help us as we go down that list of upcoming capital projects, really not for 2024, but into 2025, 2026 is where we're socking these funds away for things that we need to do, especially related to Dobson Ice Arena. Questions, comments from anybody? When you say socking that money away in terms of special districts, what, what do we do with our excess reserves or our reserves? So we, we invest all of our funds with Colo Trust. Yeah, right. Um, Colo Trust is a investment pool just of governmental entities inside of Colorado. So they invest in super, super safe uh, investments. Uh, they do, you know, they do invest in some commercial paper and things of that nature, but it's all AAA rated. They have, you know, analysts that go out there and only find the best investments. Um, the nice part of it is 
we have, let's say we have $11 million there. Tomorrow, we could go withdraw our $11 million because we're part of this massive pool, yet we're getting those interest rates on the spreads because they, as a pool, are investing in longer term, short term, all those different things to get a great rate. So it's a daily, it, the rate changes every single day, uh, but it's over, it's somewhere in the five and a quarter, 5.3% right now. Um, I did look back in 2022, we made 174,000 of interest income. This year we made 562. So we over, more than tripled it just based on a little bit because our cash balances grew a little bit, but mostly because of those interest rates ticking up at Colorado Trust. Is that a, so Colorado Trust, is that a Colorado-based company? I mean, it would- Well, it's a pool of governmental entities. So it's, yeah. it's not even, the nice part is it's not a for-profit company. Yeah. Um, they basically cover their expenses that comes out of the net returns. Uh, but it's just governmental aids that do it. Similar to what we have for our insurance, our health insurance, we're in all these pools that are, I guess you can call them nonprofit, but they're really just set up that only governmental aids can be part of it. And I think it's important, Eric, that you explain that we're not out allowed by law to go out into the open market. We couldn't go to an AG Edwards or somebody to invest our money. Correct. Yeah, we can't go put our money in the stock market. We can do things like treasuries, uh, CDs, uh, things of that nature. Um, but Caldo Trust has been a great vehicle to, to kind of go um, ride this wave, if you will. Um, we will start to, you know, there has been a lot of districts we've gone to putting some funds in CDs. It's a very tough market right now uh, to try to get anything that's more than about six months out that isn't callable. If you do, you're going to take a huge hit on the rates. And so generally almost all my entities right now have just been riding this wave with Caldo Trust. Anything else for Eric? Thank you, Eric. Um, executive Director Report, uh, Mike or Scott, anything? Uh, as always, this is available on the website. And um, please feel free to read it before or during or after the meetings. Um, anything that sticks out in the uh, Director's Report we should uh, note. Well, it's not in the director's report, but I would like to just say thank you to all the staff. I think it's one thing to uh, exceed your revenue projections. That's always a nice thing. But I think the, the hard work is in exceeding your budget or uh, in coming in favorable to your projected subsidy, right? So that's a really good job by all the staff. I wanted to commend them on that. I think it's in, uh, important to point out that we were, if you remember our meeting in November, we were a little worried about Nordic because we felt like they um, maybe not, might not be able to catch up, but they had a great, uh, great end of December around the holidays. And so um, right now, at least, it looks like they are going to um, beat their budget and have, uh, you know, come out with a surplus instead of a subsidy. So that was really good. Um, sports is busy going with a lot of things. Um, they have all kinds of activities. And as Kirk has pointed out before, lots of races coming up. So excited about that. Um, basketball can or basketball league, adult basketball league is ready to start. Volleyball, one volleyball league is ending and they'll go into another one. So when we talk about another night for pickleball, um, gonna be tough because we have other things going as well. And we're trying to um, be sensitive to the workers in Vail. So uh, that's why we have a 
basketball league and a volleyball league and trying to find something that the people that work on the mountain are interested in. Um, Nell's been doing it. Nell and, and, uh, and her staff have been doing a great job in getting everything out. We're, we're working on summer brochures. We're working on a year in review um, for 23. So lots of things going there. She, they did a great job with um, a banner for the Yeti game. So I want to say thank you for that. Um, we talked about Nordics a little bit. Uh, food and beverage exceeded their budget, so we're happy about that. They worked really hard and had some uh, special events in December that caught them up. We're also looking at them, I think, in August and thinking, well, maybe they might not make their budget, but they came roaring back and were able to accomplish that. Um, and then one thing I forgot to mention, and I'm sorry I did in community or uh, in the sustainability thing. One of the things they were very impressed with was how many kids were, you know, uh, watching in our kids zone program, the after school program, which is 50 a day. And if you look at the report, it talks about one day we had 60 kids at schools out camp. I don't think people realize what a great big service that is to um, to parents. And that's all the people that work in Vail that, that count on uh, our staff walking over from the gym, picking up the kids and, and walking them in hand into the gym and then taking them outside to play, to do their homework, to learn how to you know socialize and get along with each other. That's um, a big, big job and a big responsibility. And, and the Vail Rec District does a great job at that. I don't know of another rec agency that does that. Um, they they don't come to the school all of them some of them provide programs but you have to go to another facility um, we pick kids up from the school and walk them over and we also do that in gymnastics as well so i, I think you the board should be very proud of that if you have 50 kids in the in the after school program and i think you have 10 to 15 in the gymnastics program and then they'll go to the after school program at once gymnastics is done so i think that's a a great big service that we're providing to the community that uh, not everybody knows about but that we should be very proud of. Thank you, Mike. And we are proud of the work you guys do. Um, anyone comments on the director's report? I've got two. Uh, Nordic grooming, this will go to you, Scott, probably. We had that old snowcat out there running pretty good. Have we got any delivery date on our new piece of equipment uh, <clears throat> currently scheduled for mid-February excellent um, also to you how are the heave areas out at the uh, clubhouse um, I just had I just had one of them addressed actually um, the <coughs> the wireless fiber link that provides all our internet connection runs through the starter house um, and so the east and west ends of those eaves had almost obstructed the devices that must be maintained as line of sight. Heaves. 
frost heaves. Oh, frost heaves. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought okay. you were talking about e uh, no, snow no, heaves. The so frost heaves, actually, this year out in front of the banquet room, we have no frost heaves to be worried about. Um, you know, we did a significant amount of work right. in the um, spring of 2020 three to try to address that and fortunately we um, are successful with um, with some of that I've got some other minor challenges out there um, but not related to frost heaving thank you you're welcome uh, next item on the agenda is board member input uh, John if you could lead us off this evening all right I've got a few things um, <clears throat> I'd like to note, I'd like to go back to the sustainability initiatives and just state that um, I'm really heartened by what the VRD is undertaking. Um, it is important to be a leader in the community uh, in sustainability efforts. Um, you know, waste diversion, uh, what's going on at the golf course is very important as well. We didn't talk about it a whole lot. Mike highlighted a little bit and it was in our packet. Um, one of the things that I hear the most from people in the community are concerns, you know, when we're talking about pesticide, whether in the, in the context of maybe the planning commission meetings or in other contexts, pesticides use in town and other things, and to um, be able to point toward initiatives that the rec district is undertaking to um, create the best environment possible and still operate um, a high quality golf course and these are all very important things um, to be able for our community, community members to understand that um, the VRD is engaging in. Um, I'd like to follow up um, on the people that provided public comment in regard to pickleball. Um, I think um, that our board generally, and I know me personally, um, I support pickleball programming in the town. Um, for a lot of reasons that people stated, um, it's an active um, uh, sport. They've got a lot of participation, um, not just with locals, um, but with also with guests. Um, it helps build community, um, and it's a very social, you know, through the social nature of the game. And um, so I'm very supportive of pickleball in our community and growing pickleball. Um, with the input of citizens from our community. And I think it will be uh, on our agenda one day. One thing I would like to convey um, maybe to the people that took the time to come here today and other people that are watching uh, who are very interested in pickleball in our community is um, we've talked, you might have heard during this meeting and other meetings, we do have some very pressing concerns uh, financially with Dobson Ice Arena um, and how we're going to operate ice uh, for our programming for two years or two, at least two winter seasons when Dobson goes down and other financial obligations that um, the uh, VRD is going to have to undertake with the Dobson Ice Arena renovation. Our, um, the, my predecessors on this board um, a number of people on the VRD staff, Eric to my left, um, all worked hard um, over a, a significant period of time um, in balancing this organization's finances. Uh, we are in good shape financially to move forward with some of these projects. Um, I would just want to say to people um, that um, 
we might have to be patient in terms of financial contributions or significant contributions that this organization is going to be willing to provide um, toward uh, an indoor facility or other types of programming. Um, but I personally am very supportive of pickleball. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to him because he's here, to Scott O'Connell, who was um, picking up people in the VIP section at 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, maybe on a Saturday night at a Yeti game, um, going around and picking up people's garbage and stuff that people were just putting on the ground and the concourse around that VIP area. Um, I think that uh, along with uh, all the other examples of the hard work that people do, um, that's the type of thing that um, makes this organization really work is um, people going out of their way uh, and working hard to make our guests' experience enjoyable. So that's it. Thank you, John. Jason? <clears throat> yeah, a couple things. I want to thank Andrea for being on the forefront of that sustainable uh, sustainability program. I strongly believe in recycling and sustainability. It's the future. And I just want to say thank you very much. Continue the great work there. And then another thing, just really proud about the Audubon Society ranking that we got there. Proud of Jacob, his whole staff, Scott as well. Um, just. <clears throat> Just a great certification. I, I do think we should take some of the recommendations that the uh, this other guy, Scott, wrote down. It's on page five of six. There's just small little things. But I think if we take those recommendations, I think that's a, a great idea. But just super proud of the staff of what they did there. That's a, that's a great certification. So that's all I have. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jason. Kirk? Um, just a comment about staff. I've, I've just observed over the last month or two the exceptionally high level of customer service. Uh, Mike, you and your team provide. Uh, I'm just out at the golf course or in running <laughs> programs. It's just really, you know, A-plus customer service. I, I don't know if you tr train people or you fi just find the right people, but people really go out of their way to make sure people are satisfied so congratulations on your on your team um, thank you yep I agree with you Mike Dobson Ice Arena um, I wouldn't say it's quite red line yet but in terms of a temporary facility you know we're we're getting <laughs> in a kind of crunch time here in terms of being able to to, to put that project on a path um, because before before we know it, uh, Dobbs is going to start construction here in a year or so. So, um, Mike is I know working very hard and, and pulling all the parties together, and it's a complex problem, and it's you know significant dollars. So everybody is I don't want to say dragging their feet, but you know looking at all options and being very careful. Um, and that's all I have. Thank you, Kirk. Um, couple of comments and ideas. <clears throat> First of all, I'd like to uh, thank the team for the ugly, ugly sweater run. It was great. John was down there registering people. Uh, my wife and I actually walked the 5K event, and it was just great to do that for the community, get toys and food and money. It was a hoot. Um, on a more serious note, 
I'm not quite sure what's going on with the town and their housing at Timber Ridge. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, the council <coughs> voted to uh, contribute two, $2 million to Habitat for Humanity, and there's nothing against Habitat for Humanity for the construction or the transfer of 10 units to that organization. I have heard that there are plenty of units that are being turned back in. We have committed to one studio and two two bedrooms for a 2023 price of $1,687,000. In talking with Mr. Chesbo, he guarantees we're gonna go up 10% from there. Uh, we're coming up to a deadline in March where the, we go hard and we will be non-refundable. I don't know if anyone has, um, but I think we ought to explore master leasing. We could keep our money, we could master lease, we wouldn't have to worry about HOAs, parking, things like that. We would just master lease, and if it doesn't work, we could not renew the master lease. If this housing initiative doesn't work, we have units that are uh, we might be wanting to get rid of, and there's plenty of them being turned back in right now. So I'm wondering, Mike, if uh, you or and or Scott have any experience, Eric, same thing. Could we have a, a, a some discussion about a master leasing situation as opposed to a outright purchase of such units in the future? Yes, I, I think what we'll do is get staff together at a staff meeting, create a committee within staff, talk about that, and then uh, be ready to discuss it with you at the next board meeting. Yeah, I know that uh, there are entities, uh, Vail Resorts, uh, Eagle War Run Sanitation District, they do master lease units, and that might play in to what we're trying to accomplish by securing houses without making the, the total, total commitment. And as I said, if it, it didn't work, we're not stuck with units, we can just not renew. And uh, I'd appreciate if we could have some, you guys look into master leasing. You bet. What do you think, John? And we're not managing units that we own. Exactly. So that's another another issue that has to be fully discussed before we proceed with the purchase. Yeah. We might, we, while we have the time, we might uh, want to consider a master lease situation. With that, um, I'd like to thank everybody out there in uh, the TV land for watching. Thank you very much. Uh, we'd look for a motion to adjourn. A motion to adjourn. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Thank you. Thank you, everybody.